Welcome to Season 2 of Trying Our Best, a mother-daughter good place podcast. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Ayla. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8 of The Good Place. Where we left off, it seems like Sean is on to Michael, but it turns out he's actually very happy with Take 2 of the experiment. He's so happy that he decides to give Michael a promotion. This is everything Michael's ever wanted. So this is a chance for us to see if Chidi's ethics lessons are really making any difference for Michael or if Michael will go right back to his old ways as soon as it is possible for him to do so. So then Sean and Michael reveal to the four humans that they're in the bad place, even though they figured it out 800 times. It looks to them like Michael has gone back to Sean's side and is planning to send them off to be tortured forever, and they have to decide what to do, and there aren't a lot of options. They start going through their options. They could try to call a train and escape to the medium place, but Janet has been incapacitated with magnet handcuffs. They could try to go to Sean and plead by trading information that Michael has been lying to him and that he's really on his like 800th attempt and not his second, but in that case, they have to trust that Sean would treat them any better even if he did know the truth and they don't really have any reason to think that's the case and then Eleanor comes up with a really wild plan which was to blindly trust Michael because he mentioned a philosopher named Kierkegaard yeah and Kierkegaard wrote about taking leaps of faith or as Chidi says it, a leap into faith. So Eleanor basically thinks Michael mentioning this philosopher was a clue that they should trust him, that they should take a leap into faith. And even though logic was telling them that there was no reason to believe that he would do the right thing, that they would go ahead and believe it anyway. So then the others are not on board with Eleanor's idea, but... All their plans weren't exactly all that good, so they decided to use those plans as backups. In the meantime, the demons are going to destroy the whole neighborhood because they're so excited to get back to their regular work of torturing people the old-fashioned way. So they're throwing a big party, and the humans have to watch them tear everything down while they wait for their own torturing to start. Part of this party is a roast, which is when somebody stands up and tells jokes that are mean about somebody else. And in this case, Michael is roasting all four of the humans. After the roast, Eleanor has started to be a little bit uh, doubtful of her plan. But then she realizes that the roasts had hidden clues in them. They're able to piece together these clues to put together a pretty elaborate escape plan that involves them having Derek call a train to the medium place, pretending to be on the train while they actually hide underneath of it, and for Michael to frame Vicky for trying to help Janet escape from her uh, magnet trap. And so they get it all together, and they still don't know for sure that this was Michael's plan. But when the train pulls away and they're under it, they're looking up, and he's glaring down at them, and then he says, I was so worried about you guys! So we find out that this was Michael's plan all along. Eleanor was right. He was trustworthy. He really was trying to help them. And 
Chidi's ethics lessons have worked. He's given up on his lifelong dream of rising up the ranks of the demon world, and he's putting it all on the line to save these four friends. Friends that not that many episodes ago he literally called cockroaches. But these ethics lessons didn't only help Michael. They also helped Eleanor because she remembered Kierkegaard, and she decided that she would trust Michael by taking leaps of faith in all these ethical decisions. So diving into this episode a little bit, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was Michael's decision to frame Vicky. We know that Michael and Vicky have been rivals this entire time and that Vicky has kind of been holding it over him, that she will go and tell Sean how many experiments have actually happened. So he definitely does not like Vicky on a personal level. But was it okay for him to frame her to be the one who tried to help Janet escape? What do you think, Ayla? So I think that... It would have been a bad decision if Vicky was innocent, but she wasn't. She was kind of a bad person. She, all, all she ever wanted was to torture people, but, but wait, Michael did that too. Why did he want to torture people? So, yeah, I think that's a fair point, that if we say that Vicky is bad, well, so was Michael. And now we obviously are rooting for Michael, right? They had the same motivations, the same goals. They both wanted to torture people. They both wanted to climb the ranks of this bureaucracy. And so um, I think if we're going to write Vicky off as somebody who isn't worth saving, then we have to ignore the fact that Michael definitely was able to change, which might indicate that if Vicky took Chidi's ethics lessons, she could too. And so... I don't think it's that simple. I don't think we can just say, well, she's bad, so we can forget about her. And it's also just kind of luck. I mean, think about it. If Vicky took Michael's place, then she would have been helping the four humans instead of Michael. So they're really very similar people, and it's just not quite fair that they had different circumstances. So that brings us back to our original question. Michael, who knows the full circumstances, was it okay for him to frame Vicky in order to save the humans? Or to put it another way, was that an ethical act? Was Michael being ethical when he did that? This brings me back to the trolley problem. And as you remember, I'm one of those people who would save four people to kill one. So I feel like it would be better to save the four humans and blame Vicky for it. That's fair. That's fair. I think that is one way to make an argument that it is ethical. In my mind, I feel like it kind of goes against that doctrine of double effect kind of thing. Like it wasn't a side effect that Vicky got caught up in it. It was the plan. Like Michael whispered in Janet's ear, something, something, something Vicky. So he was specifically trying to get Vicky caught up in this. And I do feel like there's something unethical about that, about trying to trick somebody. Um, And so maybe Michael admits, he says, I'm not ethically proud of it, but he also seems that it was the right thing to do for his plan, that saving the humans outweighed it. So I think that Michael did the kind of calculation that you did, Ayla, and decided from a utilitarian viewpoint, that he did more harm or more good than harm. So 
So we're going to move on to why did Michael give up on his dream? He even said in the beginning that this was all that he ever wanted. I think this is the most interesting part about this episode because we have to remember that Michael was not operating from the same set of rules as humans. For him, torturing humans was his basically destiny, the thing he had been working towards his entire life. That's what he had been trained to do. That's what he had been excited to do. And he's getting the kind of recognition and reward that up until not that long ago, he had been dreaming of and he is willing to throw it all away and doesn't know what's going to happen he's willing to put his life into complete chaos why do you think he was willing to do that and the reason is people change and apparently demons do too Yeah, I think that it's really important to take away as a philosophical lesson that it's okay to change your mind when you have different information. The thing that you were working towards may have made sense based on the information you had before, but when you learn something new, you might have to change up what you're doing to the extent that you might change your entire life goals. It's okay to change. It's okay to decide, oh, what I used to know and think was wrong, I'm going to do something different now. And there is a saying about this, when you know better, do better. So now we're ready for our question of the day. So in The Good Place, there's a lot of questions about who you can trust. So our question of the day is, who can you trust? Pause the podcast, think about it, write about it, talk about it, and then come back. Welcome back. So we're talking about how do we know who to trust? And this is a question that I have definitely struggled with throughout my life because I think I tend to trust people. I try to be a pretty trustworthy person. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. If I tell you I'm going to keep something a secret, I keep it a secret. If I... If you ask me a question, I try to answer it honestly, and I sort of just assume that most of the people around me are going to do the same thing, but I have learned that that's not always the case. I tend to trust people for different things. What do you mean by that? Can you give us some examples? So some friends, they will tell me that they won't do something, and then they'll do it anyway. But this seems to be more of like a, a sort of prank, a joke. But when someone else is joking about something that you think is important, it can erode your trust. It can make you not trust them with stuff in the future. I think that that's a really good point to kind of trust somebody based off of their actions. And that's sort of what I have have gotten to in my life is that I want to trust people and I will trust them until they give me a reason not to. But I'm also kind of careful with how much I trust them with at once. So I'll give a little bit of trust. And then if they show me that they can do a good job with that, I'll give a little bit more. And then if they show me that they can do a good job with that, I'll give a little bit more. So as the friendship develops over time, eventually I will have given a lot of trust because they will have shown along the way that they are someone I can trust. So I tend to trust my friends with important things, but maybe not those things that aren't 
as important. So here in the show, they have to deal with the fact that not only have they not known Michael that long because they've been rebooted so they don't have their memories, but also in the time they have known him, he's proven he cannot be trusted. So they're sort of starting not from zero, but starting from the negative. They, he has to work his way back up to earn just even basic trust, and they haven't had time to build the kind of trust it would require to put their lives in his hands. But because of the circumstances, they don't really have a lot of options, so they have to skip all of those steps of building trust. Spoiler alert. So I wrote a paper about the Captain Marvel movie, but if you haven't seen the Captain Marvel movie, you might want to fast forward a little bit. Yeah, tell us. That paper fits really well with this episode. Tell us a little bit about what you learned from watching Captain Marvel about trust and how to know who to trust. So I'm going to read a few things about my paper. So my paper is about who can Carol trust? But you need memory to trust because if you don't have your memory, you can trust the wrong person, which is what Carol found out. And it wasn't until she got her memory back that she found out that she couldn't trust that person. And the only reason that she trusted that person is because they had risked their lives together. And risking your lives together can help build a friendship. But... um. This person had built a fake friendship through fake memories. So Michael could have done that to the humans, right? They had kind of risked their lives together because if he had been found out, Sean might have sent him into retirement, which is a kind of eternal torture. So just like from the movie Captain Marvel, that Michael could have created kind of a false friendship with them based on their risking their lives together. And once he realized his life wasn't at risk anymore, he could have just given them up and and not kept that friendship going anymore. But instead, we see that he was being sincere. They really could trust him. He really had changed. But in a way, this kind of made things worse, because now they're all in trouble, and now Sean's after all of them, and they still have to actually get to the real good place, even though they don't actually know where they where it is. So that's what we'll be looking at when we tune back in next week. We hope you join us. <laughs> <laughs>